we are joined by uh, a man who is known for his patience at the plate, but was just very patient with some technical difficulties. Former three-time All-Star Jason Kendall. How you doing, dude? Good, guys. Yeah, the, the uh, technical difficulty stuff. Uh, Trevor, you're a pretty good baseball player, but you're also a pretty good uh, computer guy. You, you, you walked me through it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, that was wild. We appreciate you. How's uh, quarantine going for you? We, st- we, we see, see the I stash. Can't hear, I can't hear Trevor now. Uh, Trev probably just still has himself muted. That's a, that's a his thing. Yeah, I'm back. <laughs> yeah, okay, all right. <laughs> uh, uh, no, you, all, all is good, and I hope you guys are out there being safe. And uh, I, I dig the show, and it's uh, just one of those things. It's a crazy, crazy time, and, and there's so much uh, unpredictability or whatever you want to call it. I don't know that's a word that, that is out there. So, you know, just people just go out, stay, stay safe, stay inside. Yeah, we, oh, we talk all the time about, uh, you know, is baseball coming back? What's it going to look like when it comes back? But in reality, nobody knows anything. And it doesn't matter if Rob Manfred wants to play baseball. It doesn't matter if the owners want to play or the players want to play. It's just, is the government going to let anything happen? So any, you know, there's a new proposal out today about doing the grapefruit and the cactus league. And everyone's freaking out about that now. But like I said, nothing's going to happen until we get this thing figured out. And the government says, okay. So all these predictions are just that they're just predictions. Without a doubt. And, you know, I had this conversation the other day that, listen, your veteran players, the guys that have been there, they're going to be, they know what to do to get ready. It's going to be, and you know what? I don't know, Trevor, did you play in the Arizona Fall League? I did. Okay. I mean, it's not really that much fun. I was fortunate enough to play when um, the Scottsdale Scorpions had Michael Jordan. So at least once a week, I knew that there was going to be a crowd because everybody wanted to see Michael Jordan. (laughs) <laughs> but other than that, it's not, there's zero atmosphere and it's amazing what the fans actually bring and, and the adrenaline that, that it brings you. And I think the big league, if they can get started by July 1st, whether it be with fans or without fans, I think that they will be all right. I mean, you're still looking at a maybe 70 game schedule. If it gets in that little area where there's might be 40 games. The only thing that I personally can, can think of is that would be neat is, it doesn't matter if the Yankees are supposed to win or the Dodgers, et cetera, et cetera. You might have, if the Florida Marlins or, you know, a, a low market team gets hot at the right time and, and can go out and put up some numbers, that would be interesting to me maybe. But I think more than anything, I'm worried about the minor leagues. Is there going to be a minor league system? What about the players around the bubble? What about the, uh, um, you know, and then you can even take this to the trickle down back to where, what about the high school seniors? Uh, not only obviously the, the spring sports, but you're looking at their graduations and everything else. But, and I don't know the whole details of the division one thing, but uh, I know that they're giving all spring sports. They're, they're allowing them to um, the, the, I guess it'd be the seniors to come back for one more uh, hurrah, which as yeah. I truly believe they should, but now it's going to eliminate your mediocre players. I mean, the ones that are in high school that might have half a scholarship somewhere, wherever it may yeah. be, whether it be junior colleges or, or D1s, D2s. So I'm more worried about those guys. And, and, and I say the minor leagues more than anything because these are the next generation stars. And I agree. The rookies that, will, that might possibly make the big league ball clubs right now, hopefully the training staff, which I'm sure they, they 
will and the weight and conditioning coaches will uh, follow up and make sure that they're doing their routine. But, you know, when you're 21, 20 years old and, and this game's getting younger, it, it, you think you're Superman. So the, when you get to the big leagues and you guys can ask Trevor, it's a different ball game. And so I'm more worried about the minor leagues because if say there is a 40 season game and I'm just totally throwing this out there, I would assume that there would be no minor league uh, season. Yeah. So right now, I think what they, have, what they have suggested right now is having like a pool of players, like a 40 to 50 deep uh, per team pool of players, and they would just keep the extra guys, whatever the roster ends up being. If it's 30 guys, if it's 35 guys, the rest of the players would kind of just hang back and be ready to go. But as of right now, there is no minor league season plan. They don't know what they're going to do. And I agree with you. This, this whole thing has such a ripple effect on the entire industry. And it's going to be interesting to see how we move forward. We're going to move well, you forward. Know, the game doesn't wait for anybody. You know funny, that. But at least, at least the union and the player association are talking because that's not always the case. <laughs> yeah. So at least they're communicating, yeah. and and I, that might sound funny, but it's actually really serious. At least they're 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 communicating on, you know, trying to find a plan. Yeah, we kind of talked all about if you know the the draft does go down to only five rounds or ten rounds, and those high school players who weren't top five round picks, but are pretty set on just playing ball and not going to college and didn't even apply. Like they get, I'm re- that's really scared for them. Juco's will probably be bringing in a lot of guys and get a lot more action, but the ripple effect there is crazy to think about. And, and no one's really even talking about that, but a lot of these high school baseball players, they're in a weird state of limbo, right? It's now. unbelievable. I mean, it, even if somebody, uh, Drafts you in the you know twenty eighth round. You're like, Here, give me my plan ticket and a can of Copenhagen, and I'm gone. Yeah. That's, I mean, and let me see, let me see what I can do. It really is now. But if it's going to be five, I heard more towards five, but it, ten, whatever it is. I said you're going to weed a lot of players that you're going to weed a lot of players out, and and I, I guess if you have the mindset to where all right, I'm nobody's going to outwork me, nobody's going to out. Uh, uh, if you have that attitude to keep working, working, working. I mean, maybe it's a good thing. I, I don't know. I, I just know that th- this game is it's a special, special game and everybody wants to play it. And, you know, if you're fortunate enough, this is one thing. Everybody thinks that their their kid is, or they're going to go get to the big leagues. It doesn't happen. You're not going to be the next Serena Williams, uh, Derek Jeter, or, or my, it's not going to happen. I mean, if they're fortunate enough to get, you know, play high school ball, fortunate enough to go and, and have a chance to play college, and then if something happens, you know, get drafted, which now it might, I mean, those 28th, 29th rounders might not get drafted. Um, I, I just hope that there's a plan beyond this year, which it's uncharted waters. You just don't know. Yeah. But I, I, I think more than anything, I worry about the, the kids that are in the minor leagues right now. Well, and a, a I, I think there's still time for me to become the next Serena Williams, so I will check you on that. And B... <laughs> Uh, I know Trevor's eyes lit up when when we start talking about this season getting a little weird and, you know, maybe 35-man rosters. Trevor kind of, he raised that eyebrow, and he's like, I might still have it. If maybe your your local Padres come up and they're like, hey, we need a guy to get on base who has a really nice mustache for 40 games. Do you still got that? Well, I'm going to tell you what. First of all, with your giddy up right now, <laughs> without a doubt, you're on the right track to go to <laughs> do the Serena Thank Williams you. if you can play tennis. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, yeah. this is my quarantine mustache, but, uh, okay. I don't know if I, that's, that's, a, um, it's 
it's cute. <laughs> I, I, this, this is what I said about the 50-man rosters. I said there, there's no doubt in my mind, because, Jace, I'm, I'm only a year removed from playing. There's no doubt in my mind I'm still a top 1,500 player in the world. That's, so that's 50 guys a team. I feel like I could still go out there and be a top 50 guy. But once you start going down to the 40 and it's 1,200, I kind of went that route last year. I didn't get put on any damn 40, man. So I know I'm kind of in between that 12 hundred and fifteen hundred range so if if i'm gonna go now's the time because another six i'm gonna be out of that 1500 range there's no doubt in my mind if they're gonna do that i'd go to the cages right now or i'd have your wife (laughs) throw you some bp soft toss or hit off a tee because there's something about a veteran presence and i'm being serious if you're actually really being serious about this there's something about a veteran presence as a catcher as a pitcher whatever I mean, being out of a year, it's not, I mean, that's not that big of a deal. You'll catch up in two seconds because your body's trained to do that. Right? Give them one more shot. You might, if they have a 30, I mean, because they're going to have to expand the rosters. Yeah. I mean, they have to. So, hey, yeah. I mean, plus it's nice out there. Go, on to, go out to the park and <laughs> get some wiffle balls or whatever. I am, uh, I am like 100% joking about it <laughs> no, I just, yeah, just to be clear you'll get back something in the back of your head though because you're like yeah. hey honey then go make a quick five hundred thousand dollars next two months you'll be like get out of here yeah. i'm having yeah. too much i'm having too much fun now um, but yeah. here, here's the thing we brought you on because we want to talk about you the game we don't know anything about the game we want to talk about jason kendall your career and you know i knew a lot about you because for some reason uh, when I when I was very impressionable, 11, 12, 13 years old, I feel like that's when kids really kind of get into baseball and big leaguers and know who guys are. At least that was my experience. My guys were you, Charles Johnson, and Mike Piazza. I had something for catchers. I don't understand what it was. And you guys were all kind of, in those 96, 97 seasons, you guys were all going off. And I keep, I'm looking at your numbers, looking at your numbers, and you put up some crazy stats, man. I, you know what? I had fun. I, I had. Uh, I had. Do you fun know all your stats? Because I got them up right here. I, I don't. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't really look at them. But I mean, I know that I had some hits, and I was a different type of catcher. I wasn't. You know, I didn't hit for power, which is crazy because I can hit a golf ball a mile, but I couldn't hit a ball over the. You the fence. did, but you did hit for power. So you got you twenty-two. 2,200 career hits, that's ridiculous. And then when you go yeah. back and start looking at this, I mean, your OPS plus is, is really nice. And I know, like, back, back in 96, 97, 98, you guys probably weren't looking at OPS plus. It probably wasn't even around. But, you know, the more and more these stats come out, they kind of are able to uh, take away from the counting stats or the traditional stats. You put up some excellent numbers. I mean, that's, that's why you're, you know, you have a 40, 42 career war. Do you look at those numbers, yeah, Jason? All do you even? I, I, I don't. I don't know war. I don't know any of this stuff. I don't well, it, analytics. It's 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 but, setting you, know you in a positive light. Let me tell you that much. Well, I guess that's a good thing. But you know, um, I'll never forget it. I had to change my swing probably about two thousand. Uh, uh, Jimmy Anderson was pitching. It was in April, and he threw a sinker down and away. Kind of one of those guys just in a cut and just snapped my thumb. I had to change my swing after that. I ended up playing the season. Um, I lost all my gap to gap power, and I became kind of a punch and Judy hitter, hit into the situation, you know, run around first, hit the hole, hit, hit and run guy. And I had no problem with that because I was the one who, who 
I mean, they wanted me to have surgery right then and there. I didn't. Everybody else, it was my ankle that that did that. Uh, uh, ankle's fine. Ankle was probably stronger than the other one. It was my. It was literally it was my thumb. It's, it was mashed potatoes at the end of the season. And but I, which I, I hand zero, was that? My left hand. Was it from? Was it from catching, catching yeah, or was, was it from hitting? Down away, and he the ball cut, and just and um, you know I'll never forget that guy's name, but Jimmy Anderson. But obviously it wasn't his fault. I just didn't know where the ball was going. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, but th- that was where I really had to change my swing, and I had to basically let go of uh, every time I made contact, let go of the bat with with my hand instead of having both hands, you know, falling through. So, I mean, you know what? And what I tell these guys now, and and Trevor, I was fortunate enough to be behind the scenes with the Royals from basically your your great years, you know, 2010 through 17 or 16, and and I can't and I would always and it was a different. It was so good for me when I played. I didn't. I knew who the owners were and who the GMs, but I didn't communicate with them. I was so locked in on what I had to do that day to to help the team win. And, and whether it be something, you know, bunting, catching, uh, calling a game, getting a, whatever, getting a guy over on second base. I was so, but I got to see the front office side. And I was on the field before games, going over scattering reports. And I will say this, uh, in 2000, when was your, when did you have 20 something bombs? Was it, was it 15 or 16? Um, I had uh, 22 and 15. Okay. So it was 2000. Can confirm. Thank you. It was somewhere around there. And they were all, you know, it wasn't Maurer. It wasn't. And so I would go, no, no, you watch, watch him. This is who doesn't beat you. Because every catcher should have a game plan going back to, there's one guy, maybe two that don't let him beat you. Well, the Royals hadn't been to the, uh, in the playoffs since 85. And I mean, obviously being in the central, we played you guys quite often. That was when I, I, I started noticing, I'm like, hey, don't know. Screw Maurer, screw everybody else. Do not let this guy beat you because he's the one back there. So I got to know a lot about you from behind the scenes. But I guess that all being said, it was so good for me to to do that because I didn't know. I didn't know what they, they did upstairs. And there's so much analytics. There's so much. And I'm a pretty straightforward guy. I mean, I kind of tell it like it is. And, you know, General manager be like, hey, what do you think? Yes, 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 yes. Jason, what do you think? No, I, I think he stinks. Get him out of here. I mean, I was pretty, pretty straightforward. I think I always have been, but it was neat for me to do that to to see the way it operates up there because there's a lot of stuff that goes on and, and these guys right and they're, they're right now all the, your GMs, your assistant GMs, they're working their their tails off right now trying to not only figure out when they're going to play, and I'm I'm talking about scouts and everything. It, it they're they're right now they're busting their butts trying to figure out, okay, well, what kind of roster are we going to have? Is it going to be the, the 30, 32, 29? Who can – so it was neat for me to do that because now I got the whole full baseball part of it. And uh, But I, I just remember you those those years because we played you guys 19 times or whatever it was. That yeah, was, uh, we played a lot. And, you, and it was – the Royals, man, they went from playing us and we were kind of – we were the low – low man on the totem pole in the AL central at that time, both, both teams were, then all of a sudden, man, they got Hosmer came up and he started to develop a little bit moose and, and Sal and Gordon. And, and then 
the bullpen came and that changed everything for you guys. Good, I, yeah, I totally remember that 14, 15. It was like, that was when bullpen started. And I'll say this word, uh, it became weaponized. Without a doubt. And it was like, if you didn't have a lead going into the fifth or sixth inning against the Royals in that time, you're going to lose because oh, you were going to score. Go five innings. Yeah, you were going to score against uh, Kelvin. Luke or... was throw 98. Yes. So that was a, it was an interesting time. And that's pretty cool. I, I, I knew you were back there, but then to think now, you know, you worked with Sa, uh, Sal, who was one of my mm-hmm. favorite catchers to watch. You worked with Butera, who we just had on the show last week. Um, and I, now I can kind of see your presence with those guys and you I, I could see how you influence them for sure. You know what? It, it was, it was a fun time to watch. It, it wouldn't, I mean, I, I got into the American league, championship ring and i have the world series ring never got one as a player I, I, as far as i made it was to, to the alcs in 2006 with the oakland a's but um, it's not the same as a player but just watching these guys gel in that 2015 2016 year was it, it was neat to see because they did what they're capable of doing and, and i think if you look back with the exception of the astros um over the, the World Series teams, they, they do what they're capable of doing. They get guys over. I, it makes me sick to my stomach with it's a 1-1 tie in the uh, uh, eighth inning, say, and you get a leadoff guy, and you got your right-handed hitter hooking balls into left field. Play the game. It makes me sick to my stomach. But, uh, you know, you have to learn to change with the generations, and, and I completely understand that. But if you look back at the team, once again, excluding the Houston Astros, all the teams have done those things. They've all done the little things. And obviously, when you get to the bullpen, they got that too. When, when you go to the front office with the Royals and you, you see this, the game from the uh, different side of things and all that, it seems like you embraced a lot of it and uh, found a lot of it interesting. Was there anything you flat out rejected that they were looking at, like an analytic or, or a way of thinking that the front office had? And you were like, no, that doesn't matter at all. That's a great question. And, and um, yeah, I, I did. And there, there's certain things that, in my mind, the, the, there's great things about analytics. There's great things about your old school. There, you need to learn everything the analytics are doing right now is just the way other people, okay, my spin rate. Oh, yeah. how many times did the curveball spin? Okay, well, if he hung it, it's going to get hit. I don't care how many times <laughs> it spun. If he's <laughs> yeah. down in the zone, you're going to swing and miss. It's so Bottom true. Bottom line. Doesn't matter about how what the spin rate is. Now I use the analytics. Like you know, players are uh, creatures of habit, and you know whether they know it or they don't know it. But uh, I don't know. Say whoever steals fifty bases a year, they usually have seventy five percent of their bags on a certain count. Say one one. So those are times where you, you might, as a catcher, slide step. You might uh, do a, whatever. So. I love the, you know, obviously you have your first pitch swingers and you can, I can sit here and, and talk this all day, but it's just the lingo. It really is just the lingo. They call spin rate. Well, no, that was, nasty, that was a good curveball. I don't care <laughs> yeah. how many times it was spun. If it's hung to a big league hitter, it's going to go a long, long way. And, and I, I'll never forget. Somebody goes, oh, well, this guy had a good spin rate. This is maybe four years ago. And I'm like, okay, get your spin rate out of here. There's one of the um, guys upstairs or up top. And I go, uh, I go, oh my God, look at the guy that's on the bottom of the list. His, his fastball didn't have a good spin rate. Didn't, didn't he win the Cy Young last year? His name's uh, Clayton Kershaw. 
So, I mean, <laughs> there's certain things that can, that, that but it's, the lingo is the same. So I, I, I think some of the analytics are great. I, I truly yeah. do. We, and I think some of the, the old school stuff, but now you, you learned it. It's just the lingo. It yeah, really we, we is. Had a, we had a whole show on that, and I was trying to explain, like, because when people watch baseball now, a lot of times the guys in the booth, they're old school guys. Uh, they talk about, you know, how the game was when they played, and, and they get really frustrated with these new terms, these new analytical terms. And what I keep saying to people, and we had a whole show on this, I'm like, these terms, that's all they are. It's just a different word for what you already know. It's so, so true. So, yeah, a high spin rate guy. On a four-seam fastball, high spin rate, all that meant to me when before this term came out was that his ball had life on it and it kind of rose. The guys lived at the top of the zone. Verlander has been doing that forever. So when you faced him, you said, this guy's got late life, up in the zone, layoff. It's, it's going to continue to go. It's hard to get on top of that ball. Stuff like that. It's really easy if you just now, explain Trevor, it like I that. Now, Trevor, ask me this question. When you dug in and you got your toe, you're ready. You thinking about a guy's spin rate? Are you think you better not be because you have zero chance? No, I agree. Trevor, it's all that stuff he did to prepare before the game. But when mm -hmm. you get in the box, you just you're straight and see the white thing to hit it. Yeah, I mean, obviously exactly. you have, you know, you know tendencies who you're facing and et cetera, et cetera. But it's, I mean, I don't. I will say one thing about um, the analytics thing that I don't like. I don't care if you played little league, high school. Um, college, whatever, at least you played. One thing that I will say this about a player is somebody who has never played, never played a game. Um, it's people like the resumes. And when I say resumes and I'm talking about like, yeah, did you play? At least you played ball. And so these, the, the, some of these guys that come in who have never even touched a baseball, couldn't throw it, you know, 10 yards. They're ending up running the, um, the show, which is, which that's the one thing that bothers me about all that stuff, and that's just the way the game is now. And you, you know, you have to change with those times, I guess. But the players know that stuff, without a doubt. They do. You know, I think that players. When I think of guys like that, like you're saying, guys that are very, very analytically driven, uh, we see that in the front offices everywhere now. It's basically like, get me an Ivy League grad in here who's good with numbers, and let's put him in. And I think what they do. Um, because they don't have the feel for the game necessarily, I think that what they can bring is those numbers that jump out. They can find numbers that maybe jump out that you can use. So that's what I would always look for when I was prepping was, is there a number, is there a count that jumps out where this guy throws X pitch 70% of the time? Or is there a count that I'm struggling in? One of the things that I learned with the Phillies um, they brought up, they're like, hey, you are, you're too passive in these hitters counts you need to be more aggressive in the hitters counts because that is where you're going to get your slugging up. That's where you're going to have your extra base hits. So that was something I never really even thought of, but you know, some will call them a nerd, some numbers nerd. Yeah, some nerd, some, yeah. I mean, that's to me and I certain organizations. Yeah. So, and, and that's good, that, but in your power hitter and that's, that's, that was, but I mean, also, and that's great advice, but also, I mean, you know, you're going to swing, Regardless, and obviously the scoreboard dictates everything. If, yeah. if you're losing eight nothing, and you got a, a, a three zero count, you're not going to swing. Just little, but that's where you know some of get. And then they try to throw it in your head with some of these the younger kids. And like I said, you're up to thinking like, okay, well, uh, 
Bob over there told me not to, you know, and that's where you, you, you mess the, these kids up. But, and that's something awesome that, that Philly brought to you that you could take on and pass on to whoever. Yeah. You have to, you have to be able to weed through the numbers. That's what I kind of tell everybody. Absolutely. Don't be overwhelmed by the numbers. Find something that works for you. And, and that's it. You don't have to, like when they send you, you know over they, a full package, get a just mediator. let it go. A mediator between your old school guys and your analytic guys combine the two because they're both good they really are and there won't be any of this crap that goes on anymore That's yeah we so we seems like yeah, they're trying ahead. to do with the new managers you know by bringing in these young managers like booney and ross and tingler and, and padres it's it seems like that's who they're searching for as a manager now is now that intermediate between the stats and the player and trying to understand like hey this is why you're sitting today or this is what we think, you you know, and it seems like that's what they're looking for in new managers. It's totally different than, you know, back in the 70s when managers were putting hit and runs on every single inning and calling for bunts, like every single elder at bat. Uh, there's a lot less like field managing going on, it seems like, at least now. Oh, without a doubt. And and everybody's scared of up top. And, and nothing, not getting, Boone's done an unbelievable job, and I'm sure Roscoe too, so I don't want to, but I mean, a lot of some of these guys, and I'm not saying either or are, they're yes guys. And there is, I know for a fact, certain, I know for a fact that certain um, managers, when they went into interview, were like, hey, do you care if the lineup is written and on your desk before, uh, you know, before you get into the ballpark? And certain guys say yes. I'm going to tell you what, if you're going to have me as a manager, I'm doing it my way. And listen, I know how you have to know how to treat people, bottom line. And, and this goes back to what your parents told you. You treat people the way you want to be treated. And, and you treat them with respect. It, it truly, truly goes back to that. And it's a different era. I get it. Let them have fun. Go ahead. But, you know, as long as you get your work in and you do what you're, you're supposed to do, go out and do it. I would love it. And, you know, I've had a couple opportunities. And you know, I'm very fortunate to play in an era where, you know, I, I watched my father go through, you know, he went through a lockout and two strikes played in the big leagues as well. And, you know, he came home and had to work UPS. He came home and had to work construction. So I really never saw him. But those guys fought to where we were fortunate enough to make the money that we made. And I always told myself that if, if I get out and I'm not going to miss my kids' years of high school, uh, little, whatever it may be, soccer. And because he, my, my old man wasn't there for all that stuff. And Trevor and I were fortunate enough to make it, you know, a good enough living to where we can sit at home and, and hang out and, and, and it's all great. But so that's what I'm doing right now. But I mean, I'll tell you what, if I were to manage, I would completely go outside the box, run around first and second, no outs. You got the guy that can handle the bat. Hey, put a hit and run on. Yeah. If you, what are you going to do? You got to hit the, hit a ground ball to third base. He's covering I honestly I mean, would love to no, see that. I, 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 wanna, I would love to look it up, like how many hit and runs were put on last year without the pitcher. Like pitcher gone, Oof. how many hit and runs were actually put on last year in the big leagues? I bet it's less than 15. Without a doubt. All the managers do right now is look like this, and they know the camera's on them. <laughs> we're mad. We're mad. <laughs> <laughs> that's all they do. I mean, I can't say all of them. I mean, and they, because you have to get – 25 grown men with different personalities to go out and play. So I can't say that. I mean, that's wrong for me to say that, but there are definitely certain yes guys out there, but 
and, and I think that once again, with the exception of the Astros, go back to the last 10 World Series, the the manager was able to get their players to do what they're capable of doing. And they did put a lot more hit and run. I mean, I guarantee there's more hit and runs put on in the playoffs last year than there were the whole season, just like Trevor just said. Yeah. That is something yeah. that we yeah, that's funny to think about up. because baseball comes back. Baseball, like real old school baseball comes back in the playoffs because runs are at mm-hmm. a premium. You know, if you score one, the momentum shifts and all of a sudden it totally changes the game. But I will it's say this. Totally I bet I don't think there's one manager in the big leagues right now that writes his own lineup. Not one. Well, um, yeah, Terry. You think Terry? You think he does? I think Tito's like the last one. Maybe. You know, even even Bob Melvin in Oakland doesn't write his own lineup. So. And that's one thing about a player, which is which is completely awful, is when you are going to give certain guys day, days off, and when you are going to. And hopefully this happens. I mean, uh, let one of your utility players, you know, hey, you know what, you're going to go out and face uh, uh, Verlander. And we're going to give so-and-so. You better let them know the night before so they can mentally get prepared. And yeah. if that's if, if, if everybody's writing a line about, which I, I kind of agree with you, um, I know for a fact that after games, the, the GM manager come down, they have conversations, and now – I'm usually out of there by then or when I was still with the, so I don't know what else was uh, talked about, but you better let everybody know whether you're having a day off or your, uh, you know, your utility guys know if they're playing. That's something that I, I hope goes on. Yeah. And uh, so, something that we love is that the, the game does have a way of leveling itself out naturally. And I think some of the stuff you're talking about is going to come. I think, uh, I, I'm like you. I get infuriated. There's a light hitting guy up, and they've got one of those new righty shifts on them. And it's like, dude, if you just slap it through the hole, you're you're gonna hit eight home runs this year. Like, but you could have a base hit and keep it going. But that's for another thing. And I think what Trevor said, we got to keep this on you, dude. And we, I, I want to talk about the other side because, yeah, I mean, you've got some awesome OBP stuff and uh, the hits and everything is crazy. You were also a stud defensive catcher. What? Have you watched kind of the evolution of of the catching game? And I mean, the answer is yes, because I you you were doing special assignments for the Royals and things like that. But what have you seen change in the catching game? And what what do you like about it? What do you hate about it? Or or is it kind of the same bullshit? Like, I mean, pitch framing has always been around. We just have new metrics for it now. I don't. I don't. I hate the word pitch framing. Just catch the ball words. Okay. Pitch. But so, so, so if you look at, and there's so many different things that go into it. So say Joe West, who's been around for a hundred years, is behind the plate and you're going to pull this where, you know, you're, he's not going to give it to you. Now, the younger guys that, uh, that I don't know, they might, because they know that that's, that's, it's the new generation. So you better know your personnel, who's going to be behind the plate, who's not, et cetera, et cetera. What you can't. But for kids, like when I teach the, the, the kid, kids what, how to catch, I just catch the ball. Pretend it's an egg. The softer the hands you have, the better it's soft, soft, and soft. Um, I can't stand that. But it also depends. Some umpires are uh, – at least they're getting graded now. But they've also yeah. taken away a lot of just the, the, the pure baseball part of it. But, I mean, they have to be accountable as well, as well as the players. So – 
but I always look who's behind the plate. If you have a guy that's been in the big leagues for five, six years umpiring, he's not going to give this stuff. If you got like maybe a one or two year guy, he, he probably will. I'll guarantee right now, Joe West. I mean, I, I caught in front of him forever is not going to give the guy that. So, I mean, but it's to each his own. The way I don't, uh, the, I don't like the word pitch framing because it means that. Did I ever do that? Maybe kind of trying to call it to get a strike. But um, when you are going to teach somebody how to catch, just say soft hands, catch the ball. Don't go out and get it. Don't just wherever your arm is, just catch the ball. Catch the ball as soft as you can, because it's such an easier way to to explain to whether it be you know kids from college, high school, in the big leagues. Because trust me, a lot of these kids in the big leagues, everybody is scared of these kids are scared of these guys in the in the big leagues because. They're making way more money than than the. You have to have that that coaching staff, or, or or at least somebody be like, no, I don't care who you are, what you make. You look like a jackass behind the plate. Just catch <laughs> the ball and, and get off your damn knee, and and run around. You got guys on a knee with a runner on third base now. I mean, you, you can't have that if 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 you want to be a perennial Gold Glover, or if you want to win. That's I was going to ask you about Val that. Perez and me butted heads every day, every <laughs> day. Without a doubt. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you that. That's something I like to ask. So we've had uh, a couple different catchers on, and um, we talk about the low strike and trying to get that low strike. And you've seen the guys get on their knee and then kind of show the target. But as the pitcher's, you know, in his windup, they drop the glove to the ground, and then they try to come back up with it. Are you because that's no, that is like no, it's awful. every it's, single it's, catcher it's, is doing that right now. Trevor, you would be surprised on how many pitchers actually rely on your target. It's it, it yeah. really is. It, it's unbelievable. So a lot of guys, I mean, they'll they come be ready to throw, and then you're so now they're now their heads going like this. I mean, it's and now you got the umpire. Now if I'm hitting and I'm moving my head, hitting is the hardest thing to do in all sports. And I'm moving my head, and I hope you guys can see this. What's the ball doing? Yep. The ball's doing that. So you can do it. Your head. It's the same thing with umpires. If you're going down, up and down, up and down, their eyes are moving up and down, and you're not going to get the calls that, that you know, those borderline pitches. You're just not going to get them. And as a pitcher, your head's supposed to stay still. So now you're going, oh, it's just, there's, listen, you have to have pitchers are the most important part in the game, but some of them are very sensitive. There's a lot of people that are very sensitive. And you have to learn how to, you know, who to kick in the butt, who not to. But um, th- there'll be pitchers that don't that don't like this. This right here, up and down, up yeah. and down. Not only does it screw up the pitcher, because I'm not saying every one of them, but a lot of them. But it's the guy behind you who's calling him. He's not going to give you if you're moving all over the place. He's not going to give you the, the, those borderline pitches. You're, yeah, I mean, you were. You were known as a guy that pitchers wanted to throw to. I mean, that's why you played so many damn games. When you were when you retired, you were you caught the fifth most games in history. That's a lot of games. So, you know, it's we we talk about old school, we talk about new school. You embodied what a catcher was. I mean, a guy that was out there all the time, handled the pitching staff, guys wanted to throw to you. And now I think catchers are kind of getting away from that. And it's more about their personal framing stats other, rather than does a pitcher feel comfortable throwing to me. And I think, like you said, pitchers are the name of the game. If pitchers aren't comfortable, you're not going to win that, that game. 
So I've always said, like, you got to have a guy you feel comfortable with. And if a catcher is solely focused on stealing a strike for you and making sure his pitch framing statistics are better, I think it's going to end up going back completely the other way and getting rid of all that. And no one's going to worry about pitch framing. And it's like, we need our pitchers to feel comfortable. That's, that's, that's what we need. Bottom line, I'll tell you a funny story about, um, and I can't think of the, the guy's name. I know you used to be the White Sox. Uh, I know with the Braves now. Uh, Flowers? Uh, help me. Who? Flowers? Tyler Flowers? Flowers. This is the front office story that just made me laugh. And, and so they got a, uh, he had a pass ball. And he, they gave it a pass ball. Well, the ball hit off his glove in the air and it was a pass ball. And he goes, well, you know what? The, the, uh, he sends a letter to Major League Baseball and our Major League, our guy, saying like, that was not my pass ball. It was a wild pitch because he crossed me up. And I'm sitting, and so I'm not a big Flowers fan. But and, and, and the next year, he's the best framing catcher. He's the guy that goes up and down, up and down, up and down. And, and he, it's, you get dizzy. But I'll never forget when he sent that letter in, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. So <laughs> you are so right. Oh, I, that's because that one, uh, it doesn't matter. If you want a gold glove, first of all, the coaches vote on it. If they like you, they're going to vote. And half of them get the they get the ballots right after BP. They're tired. They they're all old. They want something to to eat, and they're like, "Hey, uh, Bat Boy, uh, can you fill out my gold glove thing?" <laughs> and it doesn't matter. And that's honest to goodness. That's and and the Bat Boy like, "Oh, here, put it, and then give it to the PR guy." And so, I mean, obviously there there are certain you know gold glovers out there, but it doesn't matter if a pass ball. If you have three pass ball, four pass ball. Five pass ball. You can have twenty pass balls. If you're hitting three hundred, you're going to get it for the most part. Yeah, and and a lot of the other coaches are will go. Uh, yeah, who won it last year? Uh, just write down whoever won it last year. <laughs> That's why you see a lot of these guys getting gold gloves over and over and over and over again because these coaches getting off BP. They got to get dressed, ready, go have their meetings with the pitchers or whoever it may be. And uh, uh, those so one pass ball is not going to. There's no reason to write a letter to the commissioner's office, as Flowers did, and say, you know what, he crossed me up. Well, first of all, if he crossed you up, it is your fault. Because, I mean, even if you guys weren't on the same page, uh, the ball hit your glove. I, I know. I, a lot of players are soft. I, I always knew that when I went out, even if I was banged up, and if I went out to – I knew I could do something. Even when I was awful my last five or six years – I, I knew that there was something that I could do to help win a game. And that's what, like, whether it be calling a game, and I knew I, knew I couldn't hit anymore. So I'm like, I better learn. How. I mean, I, I studied, I worked. There's two easy things. Like if, I, I just remember going back to Maurer. Okay, well, well the great ones, okay, say uh, uh, Joe Maurer hit a, had a 2-1 knock off of Zach Granke uh, three months ago, and it was a changeup. Well, three months later, he's in Kansas City, say, and he gets in a two-one count. What's he looking for? Those are the. That's what separates the great ones. And I'm just using him as an example um, because this is actually what happened. And, and uh, so I knew that, and I did my homework, and I, I had this. I couldn't tell you what. I couldn't tell you how to do my kids' uh, homework, but. I can tell you what I threw Todd Helton uh, 20 something years ago in a two, two count. And, but the great ones, your 300 hitters, they remember, and I'll never forget. Mauer came back up and I busted him in. Bats in the stands. 
that's and they're throwing helmets in the in the and I love that. That was what was cool about me for catching. But like I said, when I was awful, I, there was always something that I knew, and that's why I played. I loved it. And and Trevor, correct me if I'm wrong, but it is such a short window your your playing career. I mean, I played. Well, I say 16 because I got paid for the 16th, but 15 years and. It went by in two seconds, and that's what I tell. It does seem that way. You played this school. I mean, you played almost double what I played, and I feel the same way. I mean, I'm looking at your numbers now. You and you weren't horrible your last five or six years. I'm just going to tell you that right now. 2008, which was uh, your your uh, you were two years after that, you put a two nine WAR up. You don't care about okay, WAR. Dude, there, I went a year in Oakland without hitting a home run, and it was <laughs> it, it was awful. Let me see. So did I. And I, I, was, I was 2005. Balls, like, off, the, off the wall. I'm like, oh, someone just let the, just get out of the park. Hey, oh, uh, my goodness. You, you talked about how you got beat up with the, uh, your thumb got injured, and everyone knows catchers take beatings and all that shit. But uh, you got beat up in the batter's box, too. You had, what, how many? Five seasons, six seasons with tr- more than 20 hit by pitches. You led the league a year. Two years back to back with thirty-one hit by pitches. Well, what was going on there? Is that the scouting report on you? Is that? No, well, my scouting report always been pitch me in, and yeah. it started getting so bad that the trainers, uh, I started getting these big old contusions on my left. I mean, I learned how to do it. I mean, I would rather take one in the bicep as opposed to getting you know trying to get out of the way, breaking a rib, being out you know six weeks. So they made me put an elbow pad on, and I'll never forget because the first day I went zero for four with it, and I ain't wearing that anymore. <laughs> and I got it the next day. It was just like my arm. The arm looked sweet. It looked it was huge, but it was not because <laughs> bicep was big. So I ended up wearing it again, and um, I learned how to use it. Now the scan report was, yeah, throw me in. You know, run something in on his hands, and if it was too far in, I, yeah, it was just one of those things where I got hit a lot. But that it was all I had to do with the scan report, and I'd rather take one off the um, the bicep and still be able to play instead of having a broken rib. But I'm not gonna lie, I could. I figured out how to use that elbow pad pretty good. <laughs> I got a, I got a play. I want to, I want to throw this up. See, tell me if you can see this on your screen. Cause this yeah, is I, a, absolutely. I can see it. Okay. Cause this is a fun uh, play of yours out at the play. <laughs> <laughs> Look at yeah, you I, go. I, I, what went through my mind? I couldn't tell you. I, I don't know. I'm just like, oh, 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 jump. Cause there, yeah, look at that. My whole bag. Look at that. I mean, that is a fun frame for a uh, <laughs> freeze frame for baseball. And then I had another I one. That picture in the in the um in my basement. Oh yeah, I mean, it's a great one. Just improv. And then I there's another play at the plate that's even funnier here, which is this is a walk off run you okay, scored well, in now, Oakland. Push pause real quick because I'm going to tell you what this is a lesson. If you guys, uh, Trevor, you have lessons or whatever. The main thing, and nobody does it even in the big leagues, and my old man taught me this a long time ago, you never take your eyes off the ball. Ever, ever, ever. And I I literally tell all the little league kids that I had, I don't care, because you never know what's going to happen. And so that was, that was honestly, and this was a, a, a game before, uh, this was the All-Star break game, and we were tied with the Angels. And uh, I want to say this was well, uh, Rodriguez is in, so it had to be the uh, ninth inning or tenth inning. And uh, so you don't because you just don't know what's going to happen. And honestly, you can watch, you can see stuff like this in literally games twice a game. Oh yeah. So if and, anyone this level, let's play it. So there's going to be a replay, but uh, K Rod on the mound just doesn't catch the ball. 
I'll go back. <laughs> Here it is. He was mad because the ball was probably striking. The umpire called it a ball. Oh, yeah, that is a yeah. nice pitch. <laughs> Everyone's pissed <laughs> off. Yeah, Molina, Molina throws goes. it back. And, yeah, he just didn't squeeze it. Oh, that's good stuff the right there, run. Chavi. Okay. For the walk-off. Yeah, and, and, I mean, that A's team, like Trev said, that's uh, a pretty fun squad you had there for a couple years. Uh, is Moneyball your favorite movie or least favorite movie? Least I wasn't there for the, for those years. I, I do remember when I went back and I saw Billy. They were filming like at noon, and I was seeing all the clubhouse guys and everything. And you know, Brad Pitt, they're out, out of the stadium. I'm like, how big is your head now, Billy? Oh my <laughs> gosh! Not yeah. I mean, not only do you think you did this whole analytic, but you got Brad Pitt playing you. Yeah, I've said that but, too. There's if I mean that is you should they should not have done that. They should not have given Billy. Oh. Brad oh, Pitt playing I mean, him because for he's not even around anymore. He's trying to like find some soccer. I mean, he's still obviously his name's on the team, but he's doing something with soccer. I mean, oh, big Brad Pitt played me, which you know what, good for him. But <laughs> when I was when I was there, I only played there for half a season. But they signed sure. me, and I go and um, spring training. I'm going in to go get some work done. And I see someone sitting on the table. I'm like, that's not a player. And it was Billy, and he would just—he just walked in there, and he would just plop down on the training table. He'd get work done, but like, hey, man, I kind of got a it's game guy, here I, in a couple of hours. You mind Pitt just? You can. I don't care if you're starting pitchers there, getting ready to get a rub down, or uh, Brad Pitt played me. Let me go before him. Exactly. <laughs> it's how it was. It's how it was I, there. I, I want to. Oh, you're me. right. I, I was there for two and a half years. And, uh, you're right, but I, I will say that 2016, it was that was the best team I've ever played on, and. I, I still to this day say we should have won. The, we had the best team out of everybody, and we ended up sweeping uh, sweeping Minnesota. And the Tigers and Yankees played all five games. We had five days off at the Coliseum, and just sat there, you know, taking BP. Obviously at the Coliseum, you, you know, I mean, it's just like nobody's in the Steve like, And then Tigers came in and just kicked our butts. We had such I, a good team, though. I, I wanted to ask you about that team because, as you're saying, I mean, it's a great team, but it's also. I mean, that pitching staff has a bunch of video game dudes that, like, you you kind of dream of catching. Like, how do you how do you resist calling that Zito curveball? Like, not every other pitch. How how was it catching those guys? Or who who was your favorite to catch on those teams? Or maybe all time? No, that was the best staff in all. The, the best guy. The, the, the I can ask this a lot too. The, with the best stuff at one point that I've ever caught was Rich Hard, and it was um, yeah. Yeah, he. I mean, he was throwing a hundred, and he had. He didn't even know what it was. He called it a changeup, but it was like a slider. It was like a palm ball, but it ended up. I mean, at ninety, he had a fork ball. It was like a knuckle ball. Uh, he was probably out of one year the best uh, best stuff I've ever caught. I mean, just like it's hard to catch. I can only imagine how hard it is to hit. So, I mean, that team. I mean, you had Zito, Dan Heron, um, Harden, Joe Blanton. Esteban Eliza, who's now in jail for drug smuggling or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> smuggling <laughs> drugs. Yeah. 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 Um, it, I mean, he just, it, it kept, they kept, it was just like, you knew you had a shot to win every night. And it's, it's fun as a player when you go, and I was on a lot of bad teams. So myself being there in that 2016 with those guys, I'm like, we just need to score a couple runs. And, you know, Frank Thomas, Milton Bradley, who was awesome because you just didn't know what was going to happen, who was going to come in. He'd be like, hey, guys. <laughs> and the next day, you, you wouldn't say a word. And I got the biggest kick out of that. Uh, <laughs> I'd say myself, we're putting hitting runs on our, ourselves. Yeah. 
uh, because whoever was managing, uh, I mean, oh, was, well, so we, we were, Kopsey and I ran a team. We were, hey, 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 go up, who cares, just swing it. I mean, it was so much fun as a player. I mean, Bobby Crosby, Mark Ellis, Eric Chavez, uh, Jay Payton came over, <laughs> Nick Swisher, uh, who's another treat. I mean, it was just a fun, fun team. So, but I think we had too many days off in between at the end. Yeah, that's never good. When you have those layoffs, it doesn't matter. I mean, yeah, you want to rest a little bit. Maybe a day is good. But when you go start going three, four, five yeah. days, I mean, that's it's definitely a disadvantage. If you guys, like you said, you swept the Twins, then you had to wait around for the other series to finish. That's never good. No, I mean, I mean it's, if you're fortunate enough to get to the play, playoffs, um, you don't want any time. Because uh, your adrenaline kicks in, and, and it doesn't matter how banged up you are, you're going to go out and play because – there's, there's nothing more exciting. It took me 10 years to get there, and it was everything and more. But I, I remember I let off for the A's, and you know, antenna sh- struck me out. I never let go of my bat. My bat goes flying over the first base dugout, uh, <laughs> just in the Metrodome. And, um, but I was shaking, and Trevor will know what I'm talking about. Like that first at bat you have in spring training where you're just, your body's not in baseball shape and your legs or knees are shaking. That's how I felt in, in, in wow. that, that uh, the first at bat in the playoffs. I mean, it was that. That it was that cool. That's awesome. Talked about uh, doing whatever it needs to do to win. As a catcher, you were also speedy on the bases. You basically have the record for most steals by a catcher. You do have it in the modern era. They're all everyone else from like the eighteen hundred and and whatnot. Is that something that you took pride in? Was that just you finding the perfect time to ru- to run? Uh, back when you were stealing 20, 20 bags a game, were you a legit speedster in the game, or was it more just being a smart? Base runner. No, I, mean, I was definitely faster. I mean, everybody thinks the um, when you think of a catcher, everybody kind of thinks of Engelberg. You know, the Snickers hanging out of his pocket, and, <laughs> and, and you know, there are certain guys that I'm. Mean, I'm not the biggest guy. You know, you go with Mike Lieberthal, Brad Osmus, and you know, even today, Russell Martin. There, there's a lot of guys, and I'm just trying to throw out names that are that are, you know, not as big. You don't have to be that big old backstop guy. Um, I could run. I could always run. I played quarterback in, in high school, and, and I didn't have an offensive line. And we're, you know, we're playing Compton, Losinger. I can go on and on. Trevor, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> All those big runs. I got my speed from there. But I will say this. It, it, it helped me out being a catcher, knowing when to go, knowing um, even you know, later in my career, whether it be, I'll tell you what, the delay steal. Everybody teaches, hey, do a, a two hops do three because you're not trying to mess with the catcher do three hot three shuffles it's such an easy bag uh you walk in you have a gotta have a lot of, you can't be scared to get thrown out but I, I knew times to go and times not to go and who was catching who's quick and i think a lot of it had to do with uh being a catcher that helped me out tremendously i like the three hop in, rule because two, uh, you said you're not trying to fool the catcher no. The catcher can not be fooled. He can throw the ball down to second base. If there's no one there to cover the damn base, you're going to exactly. be sick. Exactly. And so if you're your trying, to, you're trying to fool the guy, uh, the shortstop or the second base, whoever's covering. And Yeah. And it's, everybody goes, oh, two hops. And then, no, three shuffles. But now when you, you get to that second one and you try to get that third one, you feel like you're out in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you what, out of the, however many bags I stole, I guarantee you 80 of them were on a delay still. And people That's knew awesome. I was going to do you just don't see that anymore you don't see a delayed steal anymore that's one of those plays and analytics guys probably hate it um and there's a free base 
in in 2001 and I, I i wasn't sure i well a take me back and maybe it's an easy answer but i think 2001 was the year that you played a little outfield for the pirates was that injuries was there another catcher or or what was going on there and then now talking to you a little bit i mean you're you're a catcher <laughs> was were you like a fish out of water or what 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 was that well it was because of my thumb they tried to give okay. me days off um and uh, so they would put me in the outfield and in the next day. I would catch. So I never really had a chance to work out. I'll never forget the first uh, day I played. I was in Atlanta and Coolio Veras hit a foul ball down the line and I slid into the wall. Number one web jam. It was awesome. Boy, yeah. was it downhill from there. It was awful for the rest of the time. <laughs> I couldn't pay attention. I made like eight errors and 20 games and it was just awful because I yelling at fans or, you know, at the pop, just yelling at people. Because <laughs> I was, uh, but I, I mean, there's one game I ended up calling the game from the outfield uh, for Keith Osick, who was catching. <laughs> but yeah, I made, a, I made a number one web gym, and then it was just straight downhill from there. Yeah, you go so from you, a catcher who's involved in every damn play, like calling the game, to being in the outfield where you could just you could stand out there for an entire game and do absolutely nothing because they didn't back up a base. How did that work? Calling pitches from you. We're <laughs> uh, left arm down, like right arm up, change up, kind of something like that. Oh just, my god, that is awesome! We gotta, we gotta know, try to find some video. Of that. Is that snake ball? That's the one that got me oof, at least four or five times. Like coming up ready to throw, and next thing I know, geez, go uh, yeah, I, did, I played outfield a little bit in, in um, Texas. They, they whatever grass they use out there because they have to use like a different grass, it's so damn hot that that ball snakes like crazy. And I guess in the new stadium they won't have that, but uh, mm-hmm. I'm totally with you. I'm not like the it, outfield. That ball will it'll find you. Oh, outfield, okay. Pitcher shag and BP. No, 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 that ball will find you. Yeah, and it, it, we we saw that this last postseason with uh, Gresham, the guy yeah. for the right fielder mm-hmm. the, yeah. uh, in Milwaukee. Milwaukee. You know, people are like, "Oh, how do you miss that ball? It's not easy. You're running full it's speed, not. and you saw that ball took a hop towards the other way, mm-hmm. and he didn't he didn't catch it." And if it happens and it in just, any other it's just point like the season, off. whatever. But it's it happened at that exact moment, and, and it, it, man, it's the tough. Ability that these big league, big leaguers have is unbelievable. And on TV, as a fan, it looks so easy from hitting mm-hmm. to yeah. Well, you know, the ball's coming in ninety-five and sinking, and then you know, like that hop that we're talking about. It's not that easy. No. I my Jimmy you. Jimmy is a catcher at heart. Uh, his his catching career got stopped before yours, and when curveballs exist, became yeah, the curveballs got him. But so <laughs> I I know in his head he can't let this go. What was the discussion for you to call pitches in the outfield? <laughs> like, did you just tell the catcher? They were, no, they wanted, I, they wanted my to keep game? my bat in the, they keep my bat in lineup. Well, no, no, no. But when you said you're, you know, right arm change up, left arm down fastball, what did you tell the catcher you were going to call yeah, the pitchers? Yeah, I was telling the catcher from left field. Did you focused. tell them before the game and like this is no, my yeah. game? I mean, I'm still going to. Hey, dude, I'm going to call the game because I can't stay focused here. <laughs> <laughs> <yelling at people. laughs> Without a doubt, he goes, "All right, go ahead. You know him better than I do." <laughs> who, awesome. who was the catcher? That's Keith awesome. Osick. It was probably a nice day off for him. He was like, cool, I'll be mindless back here. Oh, yeah. He goes, no, you know the team uh, better than I do. I mean, you've been back there. This is, I'm just getting a, I'm getting a start. Thanks. Did the the pitcher know they were coming from you? The pressure's not on me. 
<laughs> did, did the pitcher know it was coming from you? Did he ever like yeah. shoot you a look on the mound and just like shake you off in left field? Like, nah, man. <laughs> no, he should have, right? Yeah, <laughs> I want to. Kip Wells. He no, he knew too. Kip, we got to look for that, if the, that uh, game. And, uh, yeah, we the gotta announcer see the looking out there. It'd be funny if the announcer oh, yeah. kept, I mean, kept saying like, "Why is he looking at left field?" <laughs> that's how it should have been. But now I was just left field, and I, I sent him to Keith, and he would every pitch. But I, you know what? I, I was locked in. I don't think I've hit an error that game. <laughs> another, another thing I dug up while looking at uh, all your stats and stuff, you know, I was trying to see what pitcher you had the best numbers off of, and it's a potential Hall of Famer. Do you know who, who, who you have the most home runs, best numbers off of? Well, I know I have – I didn't hit many home runs, but I think I have three home runs off of Schilling. Yeah. Your numbers for Schilling are pretty good, considered that it, he's probably a Hall of Famer skill-wise. You know who I had a hard time with is is – John Smith, guys, you just don't, you don't know. <laughs> I mean, Trevor, am I right wrong? Especially when you're in your own division or you get older and older, it's, you know how much their ball cuts, how much it sinks, how, you know, as a hitter, if you have, say, over 10 at-bats against them. But the guys that you have five or, those are the guys I had a tough time. I, I loved facing, you know, Maddox, Johns. I, you knew they are going to be around the plate, number one. And yeah. you knew you were going to get some – don't miss that one pitch that you get to hit because then you're done. Yeah, I mean, everyone you, – you always have your guys that you crush. You always have your guys that you're not going to do well against. I, I didn't mind like the I didn't, haven't seen them before thing, um, but there were just some guys I saw the ball against. And there were some guys who I faced a ton, and I, will, I never saw the ball against. Scherzer was one. We always kind of just let that happen because he's Max Scherzer, and he's an excellent pitcher. Without a doubt. I, I'm okay with that. But my guy was Ubaldo Jimenez, and I just couldn't hit him. Okay, you know? so yeah, but there's just certain guys. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. There was one guy. Who, this is actually a funny story. I mean, it's my last year playing in 2010. Um, we're in Anaheim, and I'm up to bat, and it's like maybe like my second or third bat, and this guy comes in. I still couldn't tell you the guy's name. <laughs> okay, oh down, oh one, look up. And, uh, I'm looking on the scoreboard. I'm 0 for 25 against this guy. I don't even know who he is. It's Hector something. And so I'm, I'm like, oh. Like, I had to take a step back out of the box. I Honestly, it was – all I know is his cousin was – used to play – pitch for the Blue Jays and was really nasty for a year. And that's a – Escobar maybe or es, Hector. I don't even know who he is. I was oh, I'm over twenty five, and I swear to you, my last I hit a ball right off his toe to the second baseman. It gets me out. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> we'll have to look that up. Unbelievable. So there's guys you have success, guys you just, you just can't get a hit. Soria, that's crazy. Or no, it's an Angels guy. It's Fuentes. It was an Angels guy at the time. I don't even know where I faced him that many times at. Could have been Irvin <laughs> Santana. No, I know I didn't hit him well either, but. It was a yeah, um, look in the either. bullpen. He came out of the bullpen. Do you, oh, do you have it. catchers? If, if you throw on a game, are, are there catchers that you love? Like you just love to watch them play? I, I, I feel like there's an obvious answer to that. But at, at the same time, you always hear like, oh, I love to watch this guy pitch or love to watch Andrelton Simmons play shortstop. Is, are, are there a couple dudes that if you turn on a Wednesday night game and they're behind the plate, you're like, yes? Or is it guys you have relationships with? No, I, just, I like watching baseball. I just I yeah. enjoy watching baseball. Um, 
you know, one, one thing that I always did, though, as a catcher, is I'd w- always watch the other catcher, um, mm. wh- whoever it might have been. And this is something, once again, to, to tell younger kids is everybody's different. And, and when a certain coach will sit here and say, hey, you know, do it this way. Well, OK, then you change. Well, if you're having success at doing it your way, then you continue to do it. And when, when it gets to the point to where you're not having that success anymore, then you don't do it anymore. I watched everybody and I would try to take something out of someone's game and it might or might not work for what I did behind the plate. But if I saw something that I liked, I would totally try to go do it. And that's not me. But Does one I come to the, mind per, the, per chance? Yeah, catcher. What's that? Does one come to mind? Uh, I mean, it, it doesn't oh, have Osmus, to. Oh, but... Lieberthal. Um, I, I mean, even Piazza in certain certain areas, you know, whether it be catching footwork, Yvonne Rodriguez, I can go on and on and on. I mm. would watch every catcher that I ever uh, played against, even, you know, whoever was backing me up or whatever, I, and try it. You could, If you think you know everything in this game, you, you're you not going to be in it long because it's never going to happen. There's never going to be a person that knows everything about this game. It's, it's And you just got to try new things. So for a kid that is – trying wants to be a catcher watch everybody just watch watch but i, I love baseball so I, I watch anything who's the best on. uh who's the best catch and throw guy you ever saw he's like i feel like credit for hitting ability but, but i want to know who the best catch and throw guy is that you ever saw catch and throw guy uh, now Sal, salvador perez without it. i've never seen a big man that way throughout my whole entire baseball career uh, be able to put the ball on it. I mean, he's this guy's 6'3", 270, and he's very athletic back there. Um, I've never seen anybody with an arm like that that just can put the ball where he wants to at any given time. I and mean, there's a lot of other guys. Now, you know, catching the ball wouldn't even be close to my top 100. But catch and throw guys, unbelievable. So yes. there's a lot of guys with unbelievable arms and um, – and at the end of the day, though, yes, you now it is getting better because you, you can go and hit 240. And if you know how to call a game, then you're going to you'll be around in the big leagues if you stay healthy for a while. Uh, but kind of back when I play, you, you better hit 280 or higher. Yeah, I think that's really important. What you just said there about catch and throw guys is you can have the quickest release. You can have the strongest arm. But if you're not putting the ball where it needs to be put, guys are going to steal bases on you. And the, the guys that threw out the most guys that I, that I played with, the guys that always threw guys out, they would just put the ball in the bag. And, you know, you didn't have to go up the line. You didn't have to reach up for it, bring your tag down. Those guys that were accurate with the ball, that, those are the guys that throw people out. So, yeah, Sal, he was one of those guys. He, loves, he loved to throw or still loves to throw, and he is accurate, and that's just like that's how you get those percentages. The, the, being accurate is unbelievable. I, I mean, yeah. he, he was or is that good. And, you know, I'll be honest with you, like for a guy like Sal, this is probably a good break for him because he just came off of Tommy John. So he's going to have that other oh, you know, yeah, two that's months true. to Get, get prepared but uh yeah i've never seen anything like it especially when he was you know rookie first two three years whatever it was just because he's huge he's thrown me out a few times <laughs> no, I, i'm I, not a stolen base guy though i found I, was say, I don't know how much you should have been stealing it was uh hector carrasco that's the guy you're talking about he only hector struck you carrasco. out carrasco i was close he only struck you out twice but uh but i was over like 25 wasn't i oh for 20 yeah Oh, oh, for 15. oh, for 15. 
I had a. No, no, no. There's more. <laughs> I had another uh, uh, question. Is according to all my research, you never played a single game at AAA. You went straight from Double <clears throat> A to being the opening day starting catcher. So was that a surprise or did you understand? Like, I know you were first round pick and you're flying through, but that spring training, do you know, like, Hey, I'm, I, they're having me pegged to be the starter. Cause I mean, realistically triple a comes after double a, but you skipped it. I just went out and played. Then I remember, um, it was funny. Cause I kind of had an idea, I guess, going in because they had, they brought Lance Parrish into a camp and, um, he was going to try to back me up, be the tutor or whatever. But Keith Osik ended up beating him out. But I, so I kind of had an idea if I go out and have a good spring that I might. But I, I just went out and played and let everything else. I think, when, especially when you're young, if you start worrying about things like that, you're going to be thinking about it when you're hitting. You're going to be thinking about it when you're playing, makes running bases, whatever it may be. So I honestly just went out and played. And um, I think AAA now is more you're better than up and down guys. Mm-hmm. Um, double A is your prospects are going to be at. I mean, it, you know, both are good baseball. And Trevor, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, you know, your six year free agents, whatever, they're going to be a triple A. And but you're, you're the guys you draft, the, the, the guys that have a chance are going to be uh, at double A. And so, I mean, I don't know if that had anything to do with it or not. I, I think the, the slot and Lobayer weren't there anymore. And let's, I think it was, let's see. What he can do? Yeah, I would say that at Double A, you have your you have your prospects. They're already there. Um, they bleed into Triple A a little bit, but like you said, usually Triple A is kind of the fringe guys, uh, a little bit older guys who are up and down. You are going to get some prospects in that league, but if you're looking for straight young, talented baseball players, Double A is probably the league that has the most of them. So yeah, the baseball there is. I would say. At times, it's better than AAA, but AAA is more consistent because you have guys that have been there and they, they're they just more consistent with their routine. They have more experience. So then that's what the big leagues is. It's the best players who are consistent. You know, you still have that. In AAA, you have the talent. Um, but when you get to the big leagues, it's all about talent and being consistent with that talent. You don't have the guys that fluctuate a ton. That's That's the biggest separator from the big leagues to the minor leagues is that consistency factor. And I, Very true. I, I, I could, you're, you're a baseball guy through and through. I, I could ask you questions all day and I, I won't torment you with that, but I'll, I'll leave my final question as an open door for you. Do you have a good either all-star game story fight with an umpire behind you behind the dish, or maybe like a, a brawl story that you'd, you'd like to share? Cause I, I know within those three topics, you got to have something good. <laughs> uh, I, Jeez. I've been trying to find your brawls on the internet and I cannot find them. They're impossible. The Marlins one is impossible to find. When you you went after Lackey, can't find that video. Yeah. You know, you know, I I had a a hard, you know, I'll give you a funny story. I, but I had a hard time with people yelling at me and, um, but, uh, (laughs) me too. I can take a lot. I can take a lot of stuff. So, uh, Joe Kennedy, he was pitching for the Rockies and, uh, this is, very similar with John Lackey and I respect John Lackey, but you know, he shouldn't have yelled at me. The bases were loaded and it was a two, one count. I got free ribbies out there with one out and <laughs> say, get that thing out. And I just, I lost it. But Joe Kennedy, very, very similar. 
Um, he hit me, and I'm walking halfway down to first base. And he goes, yeah, bye. About my elbow pad. I right, boom. Right? We got in a fight. The next year, he gets uh, traded to Oakland. And God bless his soul. He passed away. Um, but it was that's another sad story. So, But uh, he, you can just tell how uncomfortable he was walking into the Oakland <laughs> you know, clubhouse when he got traded at the deadline. I went up. I'm like, hey, Joe, Jason. Uh, we got in a fight last year. You know, I just kind of broke the eyes. And, uh, <laughs> he, he was so much better. But uh, what a good dude. And, you know, he ended up passing away. But, uh, yeah, this, that's just a, off the top of my head. Story. That's good. That's good. Yeah, that's what I wanted. Oh. We, uh, we, we share one thing. Uh, we led the league, both you and I, one year in a specific category. And I didn't lead the league in a lot of categories, okay? And this one is actually not a good category. You <laughs> led the league and grounded into double plays in 2005. And I also led the league and grounded into double plays. Not sure. Yeah, but you know what? That's pretty cool 13. stuff. <laughs> because listen, I, at the end of the day, you're making the yeah. game quicker. You can get you. that Bud Light a lot quicker. Yeah. <laughs> I always tell people, two hours, there you, go. you got to hit the ball hard to hit in a double plays. Okay, that's what I tell Without them. a doubt. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations. We're gonna make some thank type you. of trophy. Yeah. Cool. Hey, thank you. Thank you for joining us, man. We really appreciate you, it. Yeah. Uh, this was it, it was a pleasure and um anytime. Do you have you anything guys, you uh, want to plug? Yeah. No, nah, you know what? The only thing I'm gonna plug is that uh, guys just stay safe. Be just everybody be safe out there and uh stay at home and just let this whole thing take that's the only thing I can say, but I mean that's kind of just common sense, but be like good, that. stay safe. Well, love it. You're welcome on anytime. Yeah, man. Seriously. Guys, be good. It's a pleasure. Thanks. All right, Jason. All right. As you guys heard, that was Jason Kendall who uh, sat down. I I think the interview is around an hour. There's probably half hour of technical difficulties beforehand that he he would patiently sat through and figured out so we could all hear each other without an echo and all that. I think – Jake, myself, and Trevor post game all were like, we have so many more questions. <laughs> um, well, that was uh, that was a fun one. That was that that is a baseball man right there. I like there was a, a period of time where I wanted to get the phrase like baseball guy going because football guy is a thing, and Jason Kendall would be my figurehead. Uh, that was awesome. We he will be back on the podcast. He had a chance to plug his own podcast and he didn't. <laughs> um, so, like, go check that out. It's um, called it's called wrestling awesome with sports. It's called wrestling with sports. Wrestling and with sports. is going on now. Yeah. Um, just to recap a little bit, the uh, the flower story was pretty funny that he shared that. Unreal. And I think calling. Pitches from left field. I told Jake after this we recorded, like, thank you so much for doing the follow up on that, Jake, because I yeah. needed to know if he just if he when he told the catcher, "Hey, I'm gonna call from left field." If that catcher put up a fight, because it wasn't right. an ask, it wasn't a hey, hey, would you like me to call from left field? It was a hey, I'm calling the pitches from left field. And it's it's just dude. He can't even see the break. Like he doesn't have no. like a good sense. Of- he doesn't have a good angle. Um, and it, it just shows how like entrenched he was in baseball that it, and it, it's tough to almost get into the modern day mindset of you know analytics and calling pitches and stuff like that. 
that he was so well-respected. And hey, maybe there is another side to the story that wouldn't necessarily shock me, but I don't think there is. Like, I just think it was the the way he depicted it was like the other catcher was like, yeah, man, you know what's going on. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. So um, go check out his podcast. I would say tweet at him, but I'm sure he doesn't give a fuck if you tweet at him or not. He doesn't so, care. And hopefully we'll catch up with him in the future. Cause that was great. Thank you guys for hanging out with us and listening and excuse me while I slowly find the outro music. Here we go. We will see you in the middle of the week, Wednesday, Tuesday, Thursday. Depends if there's news or not. Thanks. Thanks.